caused by UFOs. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, hey, hey, yeah. we're in the studio. It's myself. To my left, Dane Johnson. How you doing? Uh, Mark Dalzell. Hi. John Fideli. Oh. This is the New Year's show. It's an exciting show. We're going to be reflect reflecting back on the year. Yeah. The year that was 2012. Yeah. And so today, you may be saying, well, what's on this show? <laughs> what show? <laughs> today, Hunter, our Hunter, Hunter White, man on the street, Hunter White. Our man in New York. Our man in New York. He went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And talk to Mia Feynman, the photography curator, about the history of manipulation. Mm, really? Before mm. Photoshop. Wow. Like, like Old wow. school. Like oh, that's 18 great. whatever through 1990. So we're going to be rolling that in. Matt Mirage is going to stop by and give us the film inventory of 2012. Like what mm. films are available. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good news, right? And then later on, we're going to have our amazing... Kodak film and T-shirt giveaway. Oh, T-shirt! We're gonna have three, three prizes. Here she is. Oh. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> we'd also be talking about. It's cold in here. We're also gonna be talking about Dean and his fresh mouth after we. <laughs> 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 after we roll in, fresh. our Hunter Man on the Street interview with Mia Feynman. Let's let's get right to it. Yeah, let's have a listen. Yeah. This is FPP's Man on the Street, Hunter White, and I have the immense pleasure of sitting here with Mia Feynman, Curator of Photography at the Metropolitan Museum in New York, and we're here to be talking a little bit about two exhibits that are going on, mainly faking it, um, manipulative photography before Photoshop. How are you doing today, Mia? I'm good, thanks. And starting, for those who don't know, for those who haven't seen the show at the Met, can you give us kind of an overview of what faking it is? Faking it looks at the history of manipulated photography before the digital age, starts in the 1840s, shortly after photography was invented, and it goes up until the 1990s when the computer replaced manual techniques as the dominant means of altering camera images. If someone was to go to the Met today, how would the show be organized? Are there any themes? Like, how did you break it up? The show's organized in seven sections, each according to a particular motivation or set of motivations for manipulating a photograph. When I look at a manipulated photograph, to me the most important question is why. Why did somebody go to all the extra trouble to change what was originally captured by the camera? So the first section is called Picture Perfect, and it looks at photographs that were manipulated in order to compensate for perceived limitations of the medium in the 19th century. When photography was first introduced, it was considered to be very realistic, amazingly accurate, and uh, very quicker than, much quicker than uh, drawing or other ways of creating images by hand. However, there was one thing that it was missing, and that was color. Photographs were monochrome. The world is obviously multicolored. And so one of the first things photographers started to do was to add color by hand to their prints. There were other limitations like uh, sensitivity of early photographic emulsions. These emulsions were much more sensitive to blue and violet light than to other colors on the spectrum. This meant that if you took 
a landscape photograph that was properly exposed for the land, the blue sky would be way overexposed and would usually come out just white. And people found that uh, very unattractive and unrealistic because it, they didn't see any clouds in the sky. So something photographers did to overcome this was to print their landscape pictures from two different negatives, one exposed for the land, the other for the sky. So those, those are some of the techniques and, and types of pictures in the first section, which is all 19th century photography. Second section is called Artifice in the Name of Art. And that looks at photographs that were manipulated for self-consciously artistic ends. These were artists who were using the camera to create images that would be seen alongside paintings and prints and drawings. And they wanted to show that the artist could impose his creative vision onto the photographic medium. Kind of debating how people would say it's not art, you're not creating it out of nothing. That's right. People at the time said, well, photography is just mechanical, so it can't be a real art form. It can't be high art because it's just uh, copying the world as it is. So these artists, especially in England, like Oscar Gustav Rylander and Henry Peach Robinson, began to conceive and execute these massive allegorical and narrative scenes using many different models who they would hire to pose and all of the whole thing was planned out very carefully in advance nothing was left to chance and they photographed each individual model in the picture separately in the studio and then used a process called combination printing to put them all together in the final image and combination printing works by uh, mask everything out of the negative that they didn't want and then place the glass negative onto a sheet of photographic paper, expose it to sunlight, then take it off and put down the next negative. And so this is a very laborious process, and they would use up to 30 different negatives to create a picture, all of the images fitting together like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. Those are in the second section. Photographers also have manipulated photographs for political and ideological reasons, and that began relatively early in the history. The, one of the earliest cases that I have in the show is a set of pictures from 1871 called Crimes of the Commune. This was a set of pictures that documented, well, they presumed to document scenes from the Paris Commune uprising uh, in 1871 when the people of Paris declared their city an independent commune, uh, independent of uh, the French government. These scenes actually did happen, and they were uh, well documented in, in writing. However, the photographer who made these pictures wasn't there with his camera to photograph them. So he presented these images as eyewitness reports of these events. In fact, they were carefully constructed. He hired models and actors to pose as the figures in these images, and then he got the heads, the, just the faces of the real historical people who participated in these events, pasted them on the actors' heads, and then re-photographed each scene. And they were trying, what he was trying to show was how brutal and criminal these rebels were. 
Um, so it was a very tendentious view of the events that occurred. And the fourth section is uh, a little bit more uh, light-hearted. Uh, it's pictures, it's called Novelties and Amusements. These are pictures that were created to uh, amaze people, to astonish and entertain. Something that, uh, uh, so there, uh, it, trick photography was very popular at the turn of the century among both commercial photographers and amateurs. I've got pictures of uh, people who are doubled, you know, who, the same person will appear twice in the same picture or three times or four times and on and on. Fifth section deals with pictures in print. These are pictures that were created specifically for the printed page in newspapers, magazines, and advertisements. And if you go to any newspaper archive, you'll see that pretty much every single photograph that ever appeared in print was manipulated in some way. Usually, uh, this manipulation was to augment the image, to make it reproduce better, to uh, brighten the highlights and uh, intensify the shadows and outline figures so that they uh, can be distinguished from the background. But often, the retouchers went even further uh, to uh, create images of things that never happened or images of things that happened, but the cameraman wasn't there to record it. Uh, and this, of course, was done uh, in advertising and in fashion magazines, and uh, as it still is today. Uh, the fifth section is called Mind's Eye, and that looks at photographs by artists in the early 20th century who were influenced by Freud and psychoanalysis, and who were looking for ways of representing the images of the unconscious dreams, fears, desires, and trying to make these images visible to other people using the photographic medium. And so they used all kinds of techniques to create images that existed in their own mind and try to, try, trying to make them external. Yeah. Kind of the opposite of the stuff we talked about at the beginning where they were trying to make something realistic. These are trying to make something that you can't see. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So there are pictures by many uh, surrealist artists as well as um, later artists uh, sometimes working uh, in a commercial context who were influenced by the ideas of Freud and especially with the idea of making dreams visible. The final section, called Protoshop, uh, deals with photographs by artists from the 1960s through the early 90s that use techniques of manipulation in a, a more self-reflexive way, calling attention to the malleability of the photographic image and calling the objectivity of photography into question. Uh, so there's Eve Klein's famous Leap into the Void and uh, work by later artists uh, like Martha Rossler, Jerry Ulsman, Dwayne Michaels, and uh, a couple of others. It seems when you look at older movies and like show a photo studio, they always seem to have someone holding a head or whenever you see magic trick, it's always decapitations in a way. What did you discover something why that is it in its way, or is it kind of just a mystery why that keeps popping up? Well, I had seen a, a few uh, decapitation pictures before I started working on this show, but as I 
went deeper into the research, I really started to see hundreds of these pictures. I mean, just, you know, so many different variations of a man uh, being served his own head for dinner, a man juggling his own head, um, a man holding his own head on a platter with a sword in his hand, just all of these different uh, variations on this theme. And it really was a, a riddle. I, I just didn't know why this was so popular. It's not really that popular any, anymore. And so I started digging around in uh, material from this period, from, you know, in different books, and eventually I figured out that it really is very closely connected to magic. At the turn of the century, stage magic was the most popular form of mass entertainment there was. It was, you know, like movies and television combined. And in magic shows, uh, at the time, magicians were always taking apart the human body and then putting it back together again. They would, you know, cut the beautiful woman in half and, and then put her back together, uh, and, and particularly decapitations and talking heads, which is a head floating in the darkness that all of a sudden starts to talk, you know, in this really sort of spooky, uncanny way. You know, it was a very, very popular illusion. So I realized that this was really kind of a, a, a cultural meme that was part in the air in the, in, during this period, and that magicians were you know, looking at what photographers were doing in their studios, and, uh, and photographers were obviously going to magic shows and copying these techniques. And sort of over time, it kind of became the LOL cats of the 19th century. I mean, it was just this meme that people got to enjoy doing variations on and kind of as a sense of one-upmanship and, you know, who can make the most outlandish decapitation picture. Going to the show, it seems that a lot of the wall text says this was acquired from somewhere. So it seems that a lot of the show was based on acquisitions. Was it based on more acquisitions than, like, normal? Is it normal for a show like this to have that many acquisitions? I'll start out saying that the show is about two-thirds loans and a little less than a third from the Metropolitan's collection. The largest part of putting the show together was finding pictures in other collections around the world and, and borrowing them you know, for the exhibition. But in the process of working on it, whenever I did come across something that I, that could be acquired for the museum, uh, you know, usually from, from a dealer uh, or gallery, I would try to acquire it. That way, it's a way of building the museum's collection, uh, focusing our, you know, sort of your, our collecting activity, and in, some, in many cases, especially for small things like postcards and things that don't have uh, that high a financial value, it actually is less expensive to just acquire the object than it, would, than it might be to borrow it and have to pay for all of the shipping and insurance costs. Could you kind of tell us how acquisitions work? Does it simply involve you going somewhere and then writing a letter, or how does the whole, like, can you give us an overview of the process? Loans are when we, when a, a picture is in another collection, is owned by another museum or individual, and we borrow it just for the length of time that the exhibition is on view. In this case, it's about a year. A acquisitions, when we're you know, purchasing pictures for the museum's collection. Um, it's usually through, um, you know, a network of dealers and galleries uh, that we're in touch with uh, who uh, we you know, either go out, you know, and look at what they have 
you know, in their galleries in New York, at art fairs, um, or sometimes uh, they'll, you know, send us some JPEGs if it's something that they think we might be interested in. And um, there's uh, then a sort of approval process. Uh, so, you know, so that's, that's basically how we acquire works, also through gifts, um, which is, you know, the same process. It's just that uh, rather than paying for the picture, somebody is donating it to the museum. Okay. Kind of going off of how complex retouching is on a daguerreotype, across the hall is um, after Photoshop, um, which obviously most people seem to think is a lot less complex um, and certainly a lot less dangerous than messing with mercury in a daguerreotype. How was curating after Photoshop different than curating before Photoshop? Originally, I thought that the main show, Faking It, would survey this history from the beginning of photography up to the present. That was the idea. I wanted to show this continuity to really make the point that what people do in Photoshop today is part of this long and continuous history of photographic manipulation and there, it, it isn't really all that different. However, once I started working on the show, I realized that to do a section of an exhibition on digital manipulation was too hard. It, there's too much. There's too much material. And even to represent it in a cursory way was going to require a lot more space than I had available. So uh, instead, I thought, okay, well, I'll end this show, you know, in the, in the early 90s, you know, with the sort of just the very beginning of sort of the cusp of digital photography and I did a separate show that had a sort of m more narrow focus rather than covering uh, the whole the full gamut of what photography does in our culture that's you know in, in art but also uh, news pho photographs and political photographs and um, uh, commercial work and other kinds of things I would just focus on um, art photography and what artists have been doing in the last 20 years with uh, digital manipulation. All of the work in uh, this smaller exhibition called After Photoshop is drawn from the Mets collection. So, so and so for that for this show, I did make a number of acquisitions, you know, with this idea in mind. You know, there are about 20, 25 works in the exhibition, uh, many of which sort of reiterate the themes that uh, show up in the earlier exhibition, like the idea of doubling or making composite portraits or other, other things, but done by artists with their own um, ideas and, and sort of conceptual agendas about uh, what they're doing. Is there like a, a big difference between why people retouched, or is it simply, were they the same reasonings throughout history that keep popping up? I really haven't uh, found any reasons that people retouch uh, or alter photographs today that haven't already been part of the history. So, no, I, I don't think that that's changed. I think the technique has changed and the tools that people use and, and uh, the speed at which they can yeah. use them, that, that, that has all changed. And also the precision and accuracy. Yeah, and the approachability. And, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, the accessibility and, and, and the, you know, uh, public's uh, awareness of all of this, you know, you know that, that's all changed. But people manipulate photographs for the same reasons that they always have. One of the 
really basic things I, I learned about photography in the course of, of working on both of these shows is that photography is believable because we want to believe it. That's, you know, that it really, that we're willing to overlook all kinds of evidence that, and knowledge of how photographs are and can be manipulated in order to just continue believing in the truth of this medium. Yeah. Well, I think that is kind of a fantastic summary of both shows. I, if anybody is in New York or can get to New York in the tri-state area, in the Northeast, whatever, get to the show, see it. It's really, you know, even if you're not interested in manipulated photography, you see photographic processes that you probably won't see. You see a, a bunch of albumin prints. You see a bunch of daguerreotypes. You see kind of any, any process you think of. So if you are in any, if you are within a 10-hour distance, get to the Met, see it. The website is metmuseum.org, correct? Uh, yeah, and uh, if you're not in New York, you can also see the show in uh, Washington, D.C. at the National Gallery uh, in the spring, and in uh, Houston, Texas, at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston in the summer. Okay, so you really have very few reasons not to show up to this. Alright, thank you again, Mia. Okay, thanks. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Thank you, Hunter. Appreciate him, uh, you know, doing that uh, excellent interview. Yes, he always does excellent interviews. He uh, has been... Uh, He's the MVP of 2012. Yeah, the MVP. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hunter, man on the street, going to the Metropolitan Museum. But that was pretty interesting because if you think about it, and I'm talking to you guys, oh, hey. you two guys, because I saw when I was visiting Smooth Sailors, uh, both Dane and Mark and John are in the band Smooth Sailors. That's thesmoothsailors.com, or is that .net? Thesmoothsailors.com. Okay. I saw, Mark, that you, you and Dan were doing like some photo manipulation back and forth a few years oh, ago. Oh, yes, we were. Oh. We, we had like a swapping Photoshop kind of, uh, It was Photoshop Wars, we called it. Right. Yeah. See, so you, you keep saying manipulation, and I keep thinking Polaroid. Yeah, like, I'm thinking like... Integral manipulation. That stuff. But no. you mean like... Changing. Photoshopping. Love it. Yeah. So Swapping it kinda, heads. It was kind of interesting hearing uh, Mia Feynman from, from the Met talking about, you know... Back in the day, before Photoshop, how people used to try to fool by doing, you know, cutout manipulation. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, you get in a dark room, yeah. swapping heads, and you know, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- dodge and burn. You know, things like that. Yeah, they, so, yeah. Dodge and burn. Yeah. Dodge and burn. I used Photoshop for years before I finally figured out what dodge and burn. Oh, meant. is that right? I didn't understand. Why is there a pin? Why is there? A yeah, dog? yeah. Uh, so this show. Well, first of all, I should talk about uh, uh, Dane's uh, fresh mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Have you, have you, have you, you haven't got any comments, have you? Dirty mouth. No. I'm the, <laughs> Damn. I'm still waiting for someone I, to hear I me. I edit Nobody the shows, and I have to. You get like the award because yes. you slip it in. Yes. Like all of a sudden, we'll be, you know, everyone's talking, and all of a sudden, Dane will be like, <laughs> like in the editing process, I'll just miss it. And I hope you went and looked it up. I would hope, right? You know. Oh, I remember you telling me. Oh, oh yeah, it. we told you. Okay, but like, yeah. it's just so random, <laughs> and it's so not topic that it actually it if it, it like I guess it's like white noise. Like when I'm editing, I, I don't hear it until I'm doing the playback. <laughs> yeah. But I, well, actually, it's the new year, and it's, I, you know, whole new yeah. year shows. I want to, you know, we have children listening. Yes. Well, no, children don't know what it's. Okay. Uh, folks out there, you ever had like take a mouthful of a drink, <laughs> and like someone just cracks something that's so funny yeah. that you either goes down the rug, comes out your nose, <laughs> or you, you know, you just. I've done it before to you, like just. Oh yeah. You just spit it all out. Comes out your eyes. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, all of our listeners out there, this is uh, the New Year's show, and this we're in, we're, in our, we're in our fourth year of doing this. Unbelievable. And I can tell you that I am 
as like frenzied and as excited as ever about film photography. Yeah. Yep. Like like ain't mm, no joke. Yeah. Like more than <laughs> more than ever. The fever's catching. It really is, and there's just so much going on. Like here on the table, I have an array of stuff. Like I have all the 110 stuff from a lamography. Oh, oh yeah. I have a Spectra camera. I have an old Kodak six by nine Kodak Brownie Bullseye camera. Beast. I have flash bulbs. I have a bunch of Pentax cameras. I have my bottle of uh, Starbucks espresso double shot. And you guys are relatively new to film photography. Yes. And I thought I was a little, a little concerned early on when you guys first started getting the boxes from the bay. I'm like, ah, maybe it's just a fad. Mm. But you guys seem pretty committed. Yep. Yeah, you should see uh, the Our space. Fads just last a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're still excited by. The- yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yep. I uh, actually, you know, we talked a few episodes ago about how Dane had just gotten started, you know, a year before on his Canon. And I just think, as you were just saying that right now, it occurred to me, it was just pretty much exactly a year ago, like right now, that I got my first film camera. That's that, I started getting into the 127 and doing all the sprocket stuff That's right. and all the modding. So That's that was right. like a year ago. So How many cameras have you accumulated in one year, you think? Mm. A lot. Yeah. I just bought Over six 100. SLRs last week. What was it that piqued your interest in, in Dane getting these cameras? Like what? You, I mean, when I first met you, uh, you were really just a digital guy. I know what it was. Like, you'd be the guy like never would even bother with film photography. The first one they actually got him in was actually he'd be shooting digital, and he he pulled out a one twenty seven that our friend Roger had. The, the brownie. The, the, it was a the TR. Brownie. Yeah, the, the, the T one where you flip the top, t, you know, and the TLR? fake TLR kind the, of thing. Yeah. And uh, full view style. Mm. And he was uh, taking digital shots through the full view. And that was right, like right, that right. look. And he was like, whoa. Yeah. And then those were the first. And after that, you started modding the, the 127. And before you, then you're off. Then once you started shooting a 127, and then the, with that little click, before the little you know uh, one you took the auto 27 and Boxes and, and then stuff it was done. coming in. And then it was done. There's, there's actually off. A, a really cool <laughs> Flickr group that I'm, I'm a part of that's called Through the Viewfinder. And it's specifically digital pictures taken through the viewfinder of a TLR mm-hmm. or oh, a full yeah, view camera. Oh. Yes, it does give a very cool great. look. Really interesting look. Yeah, yeah, if you have like a dirty old grungy, mm. you get really wacky vignetting. And for me, it's because I always, I've, all my life, I've wanted to get into film photography. Um, I shot one roll of film when I was a kid. <laughs> I put the roll, my father had a, some sort of a Yashica SLR thing and I put a roll in the back and I loaded it up and I spent weeks taking pictures with it and then I went to unload the film and it hadn't caught. <laughs> oh. And I thought, all right, well, this is stupid. I'm never doing this again. And, you know, I had a disc camera when I was little. I had it's this and that. But. Sort of like Phineas T. Prune who sent a letter to Santa Claus as a child and mm-hmm. fell behind Santa's dresser drawer and he never got any toys. So then, Just like that. So then he cursed Santa. Cursed Christmas. <laughs> it seemed that when Mr. Prune was five years old, he had written a letter to Santa asking for a sailboat. But accidentally, the letter had fallen behind Jonathan's desk. So Santa had never seen it. Poor little Phineas thought Santa had forgotten him. And when the other children had laughed at him, he made up his mind to stop being a child, to forget he ever was a child, and so he became the meanest man in the world. But so so once Dane got into it, and then you started hanging around us a lot, uh, I found some, you know, I had somebody that I could bounce questions off of and somebody who could show me how to do things. So that's what it was. I never had anybody who could show me. Michael likes to show me. Yeah, but show, it's show. Uh, gone into like full blown with processing, C41 processing. Did you do yeah. e- self E6 <laughs> processing? I, I would love to, but the E6 kits are more expensive than sending it out. Yeah, we're talking uh, about processing at home, which mm-hmm. is black and white, traditional black and white processing, which you can still learn in school, which is great. 
uh, color C41 color negative film processing at home, which a lot, I think a lot of people don't think you could do. Mm. C41. Mm. Like, they don't know you can get a kit. It's so easy. So it yeah. is. What do we, you do? Freestyle it? Freestyle. Yep. We use the, the Unicolor C41 kit's the one that we have. And and fr- in fact, today, we, uh, just, we were both over yeah. at the studio. I was, it's, it was such nerds now. I was scanning some negatives in. And Dane was like, oh, I need to... I'm heating I'll, chemicals. Yeah, I want to I wanna get this role developed for tonight for the show. I was like, oh, that's just good. So while I was scanning, we ran into the kitchen 20 minutes, developed a couple of rolls, came back <clears> out. I mean, it's, it's so easy to do. It takes 15 minutes to develop a yeah. roll of, of C41. Like literally a... Yeah. Yeah. And the Unicolor <laughs> kit, it works out to about a dollar a roll for developing. And, yeah. and you so can get that totally from freestyle.com. Freestyle. Yep. And then you haven't done yet, but equally maybe as easy is uh, E6, which is color slide film processing mm. at home. E6. It's, it's essentially equally as easy but the kit itself is substantially more expensive so oh. it works instead of a dollar a roll for C41 or like 30 cents a roll for HD 110 which I use for black and white the E6 kits I think work out to like for some four or five dollars a roll to develop yourself oh. mm. so it's not really mm. cost effective and for yeah. shoot for 10 you can get it come, comes back all mounted in that nice package yeah, and, yeah. you know yeah. I'd pay so someone five bucks a yeah, roll for so me the, so yeah, the last, <laughs> like, actually I just did a I did a cross process on an E6 roll yesterday of 120, but um, now I just send it out to a dark room and have them do it, and it's you know it's a few dollars a roll and right. Well, since we're talking film photography, mm. obviously, I that's, thought that that's a novel idea. Uh, you know, you really quick uh, 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 karate uh, chop. Uh, uh, we should talk about uh, don't do is that. that coffee. Oh. It is. Yeah, there he goes. He's- I'm the Yeezys. Yes, Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown after the Costa Fest. Folks out there, you're listening to gas gear acquisition syndrome happen. So, Mark, uh, Mark, what medium format camera are you like drooling after? Well, my latest thing, actually, coincidentally, I just recently put a post up on on the Flickr group saying what what I want is I want a 120 coupled rangefinder camera for under a hundred dollars, like I always do. But and so I've been kind of poking around looking for a 120 rangefinder. 120. Mm. And I saw a thread on the, in the Flickr group of you sort of asking. Yeah, that. I've had a ton, a ton of suggestions, and I'm watching some stuff on eBay, and I'm looking around. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet, but a lot of great suggestions. Stuff that I hadn't seen before, the Mamiya 6, and uh, there's one I'm looking at right now, the Omega 120, which is... The Omega 120 sounds like a 70s like, post-apocalyptic like Logan's movie. run. Yeah, yeah, but it's just this giant, lumpy chunk of metal. It's awesome. It's so ugly. It's the Soylent Green of cameras. I kind of want one now. It's like this old press camera from... Looks like the early 70s. I don't even know. You tend to look for the otter, more... Um, the black sheep. Obscure. Yes, obscure. The island of misfit. Yeah. So when you show up with your, your medium format camera, one day I'll walk into smooth rehearsal it's and there will be... It'll be something I would have never even known existed. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like them. That's and right. w- what also is amazing is here we are four years in, and still, I'm still discovering cameras I never heard of. Yep. There you used know. to be so many cameras. It's crazy. There, must, there were a thousand manufacturers making cameras. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, the various cameras coming in from uh, people donating to the FPP. Uh, also, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, folks out there sending in camera kits for us to rotate. <laughs> There's a table covered in cameras in yeah. front of us here. To donate, um, we, we, we send them out as uh, giveaways. If you go to filmphotographyproject.com, hit donate button. You could uh, donate any gear you're not using or film. Mm-hmm. Um, Pass it forward. When it comes in, you know, I check it in. Cameras are coming in. Yes. Uh, that, like, here on the table is, the, uh, is part of our giveaway today, the Pentax SF10. Never heard of it. Wow. Never. Uh, the Pentax, Pentax I mean, mount, but it's a Sears K1000. 
RKS Super. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got one of those. You do? I, I haven't even tested it. I just bought oh, it last it's night. A, it's a Rico camera. A- and I'm a Canon guy, as you know, uh, but I've never used a Canon 35mm EF camera. Which is, a, I'll bring it over in a second. It's a semi-pro. It's very heavy. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Hey. All right. Let's hey, take uh, a break. Uh, <laughs> I'm here in the studio with Matt. We're doing a live spot for the Debonair. Oh, my gosh. That plastic, fantastic. Yep. Easily the coolest 120 toy camera out there. 120 toy camera. FPP found 2,000 cameras up in Rochester, New York. They're now in the FPP store. It's 1999 U.S. And while supplies last, you get the camera and a roll of 120 film. We've been selling it now for a month or so, and it's usually popular. We're sending out a lot of cameras per per week. As a matter of fact, I, some of the folks at the show that we ran into... What show? ...had ordered from the FPP store. Lately, myself, Matt, and Leslie from Imagine That... Imagine That. <laughs> sprockets. Oh, they just look fantastic, Mike. Uh, we Instead of using 120 film in the FPP Debonair, which is a 120 plastic camera... Myself, Matt, and Leslie have been dropping in 35-millimeter cartridges. It fits perfectly. All you need is, like, a piece of, like, uh... Packing peanuts? Packing peanuts. Some gaffer's tape? Yeah, one on each side. And you're good to go. It fits in perfect and... Nice and snug. Nice and snug, and it it creates, uh, your image on 35-millimeter film includes the image onto the sprocket area of the film. Which is very cool. When people see that, they're like, whoa, Whoa. how'd you do that sprocket photography? (laughs) So the FPP Debonair Film Photography Store.com. I know it sounds funny. You'd be like, hey, man, you you have 2,000 of them. It's a limited amount. Think about it. That's it. How many you guys, guys and girls out there listening, we have way over 2,000 listeners listening to FPP regularly. Get it now. It is the coolest camera. A number one recommended by myself, Matt. Leslie, anyone that's used it so far, two thumbs up. So, filmphotographystore.com, 120 film cameras, there it will be. Check it out. Yeah. What camera is that? Well, I don't know. I'm te- I just... Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. A friend of mine... <laughs> Some black thing I picked up off the table. No, a friend, uh, the, uh, Chris Poppy from, the, from Bongo Surf. He's a bass player. We had a rehearsal Hi, last night. Bongo Surf. And... Uh, he brought it. He's like, hey, Dane, I got a couple cameras for you. And he, so he brought a couple, and one of them is this Olympus Acura. Hi. It's a total boring zoom, everything auto, but there's, I just like the way it sounds. Olympus guy would know. <laughs> We're not Olympus guys. No, no, I mean, well, I don't know if it's any good, so I was going to try it out, but... Uh, it's a point and shoot, basically. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's... You just it's, found it in a bin? Where'd you find well, it? Well, he just... He, it, oh, the Bongo he Surfers? Gave it to me. Yeah. You found the bottom of a Bongo. Bongo Surfers. But uh, hey, it sounds right. Oh, John, so many possible segues here. I don't know where to go. Anyway, All the Olympus people music. are listening saying, oh, yeah. my God, he got what an accurate. Those things are awesome. Yeah, I know. So. Oh, here we go. First and foremost, yeah, guys, I know you may not be excited, but Scott Walker just came out a new album. <laughs> Oh, yeah, those are cool tracks. Scott, the governor of Wisconsin? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys guys into that kind of experimental kind of stuff? We're into some experimental stuff. I listened to some of it. This guy is the most analog musician Uh that you're going to hear. Who is he from? There's no samples. It's all live. Like, on one song, he uses uh, swords. Oh, right. Okay. Everything's played live. There's nothing, I don't think, that's recorded and looped. Everything is recorded Interesting. live. Interesting. Yeah. They had one album where they were hitting big slabs of meat. Oh, neat. The hammers and, and, and sledgehammers and stuff. So everything is so textural and uh, analog and real. So. I got to check it out. Everything uh. is awesome except his voice. 
voice. Oh, come on. Awesome baritone voice. Yes, it's awesome if you like listening like this. Talking about uh, UK, <laughs> talking about meetups, talking about Pancho. Pancho. Did you guys hear Pancho's oh new God. cuts, KTZ cuts? No. Got a new uh, new CD out. Well, it's, yeah, it's probably out by now. It's amazing. No, hang on. Jennifer's the girl you used to see around the place, but now she's gone. Yes, she's gone. To that great gig in the sky She never had the chance to say goodbye Oh Jennifer, why did you have to die? Awesome, like perfect pop songs. Perfect. That's awesome. Always waits it for the light. But one day she just didn't see that bike. Oh, Jennifer, it gave you such a fright. Jennifer, I wonder if you're listening to the song Never had the chance to say I loved you all along I watched you every single morning You saw the bike, you didn't hear my warning Jennifer, Jennifer's a girl you used to see around the place, but now she's gone. Yes, she's gone to the great gig in the sky. I'd love to see you when it's time to die. I sold the bike. I must apologize. I don't have the link, but it'll be in the show notes. Pancho's album. Yeah. It really exceptional. Really? Darren Pancho <laughs> Riley. Right. Oh, thank you, Mike. Who, if you met I don't him, know. He, he, no, doesn't match his, he doesn't match his singing no voice. No way. Right. Uh, well, I, I, I told him in an email, I said, your voice is way cooler than, than <laughs> it should be. <laughs> how, come, how come British singers always sound American? I don't know. How's that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Like the Beatles. The, the, oh. Yeah. Is it you blew the rolls well, like done? I said, they're not always. No, I, did, I just put it in. I, oh. was, I was tempted to hold off and not put it in, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Oh, yeah, you should Here do it. Goes. Well, you bring it to the diner. That's a waste. That's, That's a waste. waste. <laughs> Sometimes you get good pictures on those. No. Yeah. No, the stylus. No. Like the, he's, he's a, yeah. We should have brought that to the, the diner. Olympics, we could have propped the, up those the table legs. we got a rickety uh, table. That, that's still a great... That one, I've gotten some of my best shots out of that stylus one. Oh, well, stylus is great. Epic stylus. Oh, great. So Olympus stylus. Awesome. So getting back to uh, different cameras, donations mm-hmm. that have been coming in, mm-hmm. giveaways that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's grand prize is gets the Canon EF. Yes. Now, I'm a Canon guy, so I know the AE-1... The T60, T90, AE1P. How many battery compartments does this thing have on the bottom? Why does it have two battery compartments? It's got double. Professional camera. Professionals need double battery. I guess so. Actually, you know, it's got less. It's got actually less stuff than the A1 has. The A1 has much more Well, because it's fully automated. It's got a red light on the top. Is that all? Did that have an auto function? No, it it's all no, manual. It's all, this all is manual. all manual. I think this is it's professional, John. This is different. There's professionals no don't go auto. 
got an auto. Is it? Mine's capped. Uh, yeah, Ooh, looks good. Is that loaded? Is that ready to it's, go? That one's not loaded. No. Looks... Look at all that glass. What oh I love about testing different cameras, I'm, I'm, I've been testing an array of cameras. <laughs> Don't drop it. That you get one that comes in, mm-hmm. and some cameras you can't explain it. You just love the feel of it. Yep. Like you just. Yep. Lo- you want to use it. You just like it, like the click of it speaks to you. Yeah, look at that. Pop the thumb out for you. We're talking so about the Canon. It's just, really? it's just saying he's just saying put it in. We're talking about the Canon EF camera. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. You know what? We're actually talking about this. Why put off the giveaway? Let's talk about the giveaway since we're talking about the camera. Yeah, sure. Hell yeah. Now, John and yeah. I what? are oh. both wearing Kodak shirts from That's Eastman right. Kodak. Yeah. It says "Keep Calm and Shoot Portra." Mm-hmm. Yep. So, keep calm. Why? Oh, because people are upset because they think film's going away. When in right. fact, you know, all this is keep calm because they're going to continue to make portrait at least. Exactly. All this is is a, a very a, least, you know, a weeding out scenario since the amazing financial crash of two thousand eight. <laughs> yep. Thing when things go away and businesses crash, if you think about it, whoever's left standing is strong. So the point being is, yes, some film has gone away. Yep. Uh, you know the, the the catalogs of film have been sort of like consolidated. Keep calm about it. It's like it's going to be everything's just going to be fine. Yeah, it's right. going to be fine. Worst case scenario, you know that some egghead in some lab, most likely in Eastern Europe, is going to like be making like some guy your own emulsion. Some guy in yeah. Asia is going to be doing something. Right. Or maybe Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark's start we'll see where we are company. in a year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So keep calm and shoot Portra. Uh, thanks to uh, Colleen and Audrey and uh, Tim at Kodak. Yeah, they sent these shirts over for our fabulous giveaway, and I'm calling this the Amazing Kodak Film and T-Shirt Giveaway. That's what I wrote, but it should say Amazing Kodak Film and Camera and T-Shirt Giveaway. That's, oh, boy. Tri- so, that's just crazy. The first prize is the Canon EF camera, which you're holding. It's uh, lenses. Ah, with that 1.8. That's just right? beautiful. Spectacular Jeez. piece of glass on here. It is. With a camera like this, you set your um, shutter speed. There's a meter inside, and it's a needle, mm-hmm. and you have to match the needle up to the app. To the app, but sure, because you don't want to say app. People at right. home will be like, "Yeah, they're oh, the right I didn't <laughs> see that app on my phone." <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> uh, the second. <laughs> The second prize is the Pentax SF. You know, SF. This is a very. You've been shooting with this camera. I've been shooting with this camera. Yeah. Oh, nice. see, look at that. Yeah, take some pictures with it. Pictures, yeah. Shoot it. Pass it around. Take some pictures. Now, this is, a classic, this is the classic 1990s uh, yeah. camera. It's got that molded feel to it. Yes. Everything, the rounded edges. It has uh, auto focus. Auto. So it's a, it sounds a little bit like RoboCop. Um, I never liked those uh, in in camera flashes. It's uh, yeah, it has an in camera flash, but also has a hot shoe on top. Hot shoe, hot oh, shoe that's, on top. That's good. Oh, it yeah. does. Yeah, that little see that thing slides off. Oh yeah, look at look that. At that. It slides right. right off. I love the uh, the uh, LCD screen, whatever mm-hmm. that fake like. Uh, it's like an old watch. Yeah. Yeah. Digital watch, you know, like if you hit it too hard, it'll get that black smear and the ankle like smear. <laughs> now, I'm a manual guy. I'm not, like, you know, for example, you old fuddy dud. You set your ASA by popping your film in and it reads mm-hmm. it. If right. You, if, your fi- the, uh, if your film yeah. doesn't have the code, what's yeah. that called? DX coding. Yes. Right. It'll just default to 100. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to set it. All but right. it goes up to 5,000 ASA. Whoa. Yeah. Well, where are you going to get that? <laughs> I don't know where you get that, but a lot of cameras... <laughs> you can't. Like they, they, they may as well say it goes up to anymore. a million. Or so. <laughs> but a lot of these cameras... like some It's camera, like contrast ratio. But most That's vintage awesome. cameras only go up to 1600 ASA. Yeah, right. So if you want to use the 3200 ASA film, yeah. you know you have to... You step it. Oh! 
<laughs> Kevin Neblong of the... We all, we all throw this, oranges at him. Yeah, Kevin Neblong of Smooth Sailors Pink Delicates. Pink. What happened to your hair? Wow. It's like you like sleep head. No, it's motorcycle. Bed head. Bed head. man. Welcome, Kevin. What is it? Talking about the giveaway. The amazing giveaway. The amazing Kodak film, camera, All right, so we talked about giveaway. the two Pentaxes. What else you got? No, John. We talked about the Canon 35EF. Oh. We talked about the Pentax oh, SF10. Oh, okay. Sorry. And the, uh, the third prize, Sears KS oh, Super. Oh, that's right. a beauty. It has film in it, so you guys could pass around and shoot. It's oh, a, uh, it was made by Rico, and the Rico model is XR2. Is that oh, right? That's this. right. Auto. Now, this is an automatic camera like the SF10, but not like the SF10. For example, even though it's an auto camera and only auto, auto. It has, it's more satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, that's, it's yeah. satisfying. Yeah, it's like... Because it's... The, uh, yeah. You know why? It, it reminds... Uh, hello. Did a green light go on when you... Inside the was it green? Yeah, it was green. Yeah. If it's red, then you have to open up. Ah, so, yeah, well, I got it all the way open. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you know, it reminds me of a, I have a Yashica. I think Mark needs to Mark take a won't shot. Mark even. Uh, Mark's he's I, uh, he's on his phone. <laughs> Anything with the word say, A on it, it I, doesn't work. No, 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 no. I, I like auto. I I own a Sears KS Super. Oh, have you shot with it? I haven't. It's in the t- it's in the to be tested a, pile. That pile's pretty. That's big. That's a big pile. It's a big. It, right now, it's all. It's like literally, I have five SLRs. You have a brown test. leather K one thousand. That's a beauty. Yeah. That's the only reason I have it is because it was a brown one, and I thought that was cool. Really, you haven't shot with the K one thousand? No, I haven't. I ha- I used to have four of them, and I sold three black ones. But Did now I'm going to keep the brown one. Did you know that the K one thousand is considered a cult camera? I could see that. Why? I could totally because see that. Because c- Mike keeps saying it. <laughs> no, because, no. It, many thousands agree. It is just, ask uh, ask Matt, ask Lauren, ask anybody. It is just like, once you start shooting with it, it is amazingly awesome. Ask Scott Walker. They seem to be everywhere. <laughs> Man's so, hands are I mean, pretty backwards. much any time you see, if you look on eBay and you find a lot of cameras. <laughs> it's like Seinfeld. If you find a lot of cameras, there's going to be a K-1000 in it. It's just like they're... It's oh, like, really? buy, buy some cameras, get a free K-1000. Jerry! Let up. I hope you guys listening are having as much fun as us. Probably not. <laughs> no, I'm sure they are. That's sharp. You know who's having fun? Oh, Our listeners in the UK. That's right. That is a sharp picture. <laughs> All right, so the amazing Kodak film, camera, T-shirt giveaway. Let's, right. let's review. Well, yeah. how do you do this? Well, so you got a Canon EF of the 1.8. Yep. You got a ah. Pentax SF10. Right here. Right yes, there. yes. And the third prize... Is, is the uh, Sears KS Super, which I've shot many rolls through recently, and I really like it. It has a Pentax mount, mm-hmm. yep. which is wonderful because, let's say you shoot this and you like you want to move up. You, mm. you can keep your lens, just get a, a Pentax body. Yep, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Filmphotographyproject.com <laughs> forward slash giveaways. Mm-hmm. Go to this site. There's a form there to fill out. Yeah. You're on the honor system. You're, you're getting a camera. You're not to, you can't sell it. Mm-hmm. You can't get a camera and then sell it. Right. Right. You either shoot with it. Hear that track, man? Pa- <laughs> pass it along or give it back for us That's to re right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, behind me is the big box of cameras I gave to Dane. What did he do? Gave them back. Yep. Shot with them. It's like, I'm done with these. Yeah. Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep. 110 film is back. 
The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right. Filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lamography, the Orca 110 black and white. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lamography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. The very last batch, 2010 expired. Fuji film. 110 200 ASA John Fideli's favorite and the Lomography Red Scale Lobster 110 film amazing awesome new 110 film stocks now's the time to check it out filmphotographystore.com it helps the FPP very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the film photography store please do check it out thank you very much Hey, look, it's Matt. Oh, hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Where'd you come from? Oh, you know, just hitting the rickety road. Thought I'd stop in. You just, like, just dropped in. A very important topic that people ask about. It's incredibly important. This is the Inventory of Films 2013 edition. You know, there's a lot of... I don't want to say it's confusion, because people people know what they're doing. They can find the information, but... What film? What film is there? What's out there? So we've got a, a huge blog post coming up on the Film Photography Project website, filmphotographyproject.com. It'll be in our feature section for content. And uh, I'm just going to go over... I, I can only... We only have time to list the 35 millimeter films. There's so many. I didn't even know we're still available. Okay. So here's what we got. Uh, right on the list, right at the top, we have... Kodak Films, we have T-Max 100, 400, these are black and white, Tri-X 400, classic. Moving to the color films, we have Ektar 100, we have Portra 160, Portra 400, Portra 800, we have the Pro Photo 100 that you got some of, the, the color 100 speed, it's like yep. a consumer film. And then we have the BWCN 400, so we still have all those films from Kodak. That's the CN film? Yes, the CN That's still film. available? Um, I've, I'm still finding it in places, I don't know if it's still made, but I'm still finding it like on the web. It's still... Like, you can still get it. You can still get it. Get it. Yeah, that's kind of what this list is. So there's some that have just recently been done away with, but you can still get a hold of some. Right. Um, and these are all 35 millimeter film sizes. If you have looking for 124 by 5, odd sizes in between, and 8 by 10, we have the whole thing on the blog. So go check right. it out. Um, Ilford, we have Delta 100 and 400, mm-hmm. 3200, really great high speed film. Daniel Kloss uses it a lot. Oh, yes. Uh, we have HP5, mm-hmm. FP4, XP2. That's the, uh, that's like the BW. Or no, which one's XP2? XP2 is the... Uh, is XP2 a C41 film? One of them is a C41. Yeah, XP2 is a C41. We have Pan F, mm-hmm. the other Pan films. Ortho Plus, which is the other orthochromatic films they make in various sheet film sizes. Sheets! And then the SFX 200, which is the uh, infrared 200 right. speed. From Fujifilm, we have Acros 100, which is their Neopan Acros, the, the great film that Brandon talked about at the PDN. We have Neopan 400 and 1600. We have the Color Pro films, the 160... NS, the C, 400H, 800Z, great, all great wedding films. In the slide films, we have Velvia 50 and 100, mm-hmm. and Velvia 100F. We have Provia 100F, and then Provia 400X, and Brandon told us they still have a little bit of the 64T 
out there. Some other ones you can still find that have been... Those are transparency films. Those are all transparency films. You can also still readily find Astia 100F, Superia 200, 400, 800, and 1600. Those are color neg. Yep. And moving on, we have Foma Pan. A lot of folks are talking more about Foma. We should do a little segment on that sometime. Yes. Uh, there's Foma Pan 100, 200, 400, R100, which is a black and white chrome film. Whoa, wait a minute. What's that called? It's uh, Foma R100. Who, who will process that? Uh, DR5 chrome out on the West Coast. They is turn, that right? They turn your black and white film into black and white chrome. Is this specifically a, a, a chrome? It's a black and white reversal film. So. They can't take any black and white and make it chrome. No, they only take black and white reversal films. So Wow. Yeah. What's that look like? Amazing. Have you ever seen black no. and white chrome? They're stunning. And who's who makes this black white? This, this is FOMA pan. This is FOMA. It's still available. It's still available. Um I found some on Freestyle's page. Freestyle. A lot of these you can find on Freestyle's page actually. Yeah. Coming up next, we have Adox. Adox makes a ton of film. Very little of it that we can get here in the U.S., but you can get it in Europe on special order. So I'm going to list those anyway because we have a lot of international listeners. Freestyle gets inventory every now and then. So we have Adox Pan 400, the CMS, the CHS. These are 25-speed films. They have a 50-speed CHS and a 100-speed. They have ortho 25, and they have what's called display film, which is basically photographic paper that's on a transparent film base. Isn't that crazy? Nuts. So they still make all that. While you can still get it in the beginning of 2013, Mm FKI, they have the IR820 Aura and the 820C. Those are films made by Mako, which was confirmed by Freestyle is still making film. Uh, Role, you know, I didn't know they made so many films until I started looking it up. Um, they make AT Ortho, which is 25 ASA. AT Pan, which is Advanced Technical Pan, which is a technical pan film replacement. So if you liked Kodak Tech Pan, Role makes some. They have Role Retro 80S, mm-hmm. 400S, and then we're getting into the color, Blackbird 100, Crossbird 200, which is a cross-process only slide film. You can buy that in 127 format as well. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Crazy. They have Digibase CN200. Have you tried this stuff? No. This is made for scanning. It's on a clear base. Is that right? It's very cool, and it's so easy to scan. Hmm. You just hit invert, and you're done. They have an infrared 400. Nightbird, great low-light film, like yes. a Portra 800. They have Nightbird 800. And they, here's some other ones I didn't know they had. They have RPX 100, 400, and Superpan 200. Superpan. So all these offerings. I've tried maybe one quarter of these films. Right. So there's no room to complain, but there's so much out there. There's a lot of film out there, so everyone stop your complaining and start yeah. shooting. And we still have some more. Arista, Premium 400, EDU, the Student Affordable series of films, EDU 100, 200, and 400. Holga even oh, makes EDU, a black. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holga even makes a black and white film. They make a 400 speed black and white available at Freestyle. Kentmere, makers of fine silver, silver chloride and silver halide papers. They make a 400 and a 100 speed film. And finally, we have Shanghai with their GP3 yes, 100. I've used that. And Pan 100 film. Yep. So, Mike, that... I've Overwhelming. Listed, I've just listed over 60 films. That is, that's quite a lot available in 35 yeah. millimeter. And there's more to come in 120, 4x5, odd sizes, and 8x10. Wow. So, folks, there's a lot out there. Check it out, filmphotographyproject.com. And a lot of these are available at the Film Photography Store. Yep. If we don't have them there, freestyle. That's right. Just get out there and Start get, shooting. Sh- get shooting. Get shooting. Nice. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it was good. So go to the site. Check out the blog. There'll be more information there, and we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey. I'm here to talk about the Film Photography Store. That's right, Film Photography Podcast. We have our own store, filmphotographystore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid Pack camera, like the Color Pack 2, or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid film. I think I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Wow. Let me oh, ask yeah. you guys. X. Uh, let me ask you guys. Um, now that there's been the shakedown and a lot of films have gone away, does that? Do you, I mean, it seems like a lot of people on the Flickr groups and uh, seem upset. Hmm. Do you guys get upset when certain no. film stocks go away? Well, I guess I'll go first. Well, no. Let's, let's say. Let's say maybe you miss them, but then you. Would yeah, die. but at the you same move time, on. what are you going to do? This is the guy that went and ordered out freestyle for all their freestyle. twenty-five F key whenever that was going away. But it wasn't because I because I was missing F key. It's because I love the idea of super low ISO, super fine grain stuff. But and it was going away. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it's not like. Yeah. I guess that's. Is that's that gone? True. By the way. Yeah. One example. Have you checked? I actually, it? I bought it. Actually, I bought that all up before I had ever even shot with it. I just knew. Yeah. It's 25 ISO. Oh, it looks just, it's just. I, I, I first thought the time I opened up, a scan, I scanned one in that I took or whatever. And I was like, oh, you know. But you, totally you think different. that's the last time anybody's ever going to manufacture 25 speed? Just oh. F-key. Ilford still makes it. Yeah. What, yeah. what happened? The F-key lab blew up like Dark Man? <laughs> uh, if if I recall Ooh. my rumors correctly, it was because Efke's machine broke. Was Efke'd. And it wasn't it cost F-key'd. effective for them to fix it. They worked out that it was going to cost them like whatever, $500,000 to fix the machine, and they Jeez. worked out that it would take us 50 years of selling film to make that back. So they said, yeah. forget it. Wow. Yeah. Or we could just try and sell it to Dalzell on one big bulk. I'll, I'll fix that. We're going to take a quick break, talk about the uh, role in the FPP Debonair spot, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about some cameras. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Russell here doing a live commercial here on the radio with all the guys in the studio. Let's talk about, talk about your, your brand new camera, what you're selling. Yes, uh, there's a brand new camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? It's a it's a plastic film tastic 120. Look at that. Yeah, a one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And FPP just acquired a boatload. Sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All Literally these. a boatload. Literally a, b- sound, a boatload. It has a, uh, a F8 60mm super lens. It's super. It is. Sure is super. And you can tell it's super because it says super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. shoe. Ooh. And you you Stereo. folks out there can have this camera. Oh. Yeah? How, really? do, wow. How do we get that you camera? You go to filmphotographyproject.com, you click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So That's this is a great awesome. 120 starter awesome. camera. Yes, this is You're a plastic camera. You're scared to camera. get into one tr- 120 because it's a little bit bigger format than If yours, you've yeah. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave. Perfect camera to start with, roll film. And then once you advance, like, you know, 
TLRs and more professional cameras, this is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy sort of yep. something, something. Good, good sound. You get double, triple, awesome. quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you could use it that's huge. <laughs> and of course, by visiting the filmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. I like how on the bo- on the box it says take Can sixteen pictures in color or black or white. Like you, like you might need a different camera for color and a different a box. camera for black and white. Is anybody listening to me? I'm Wait. talking. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my tea. The box shows it with a really freaky looking flash. On yeah, it. the flash doesn't come with a flash. I know. That's the flash wouldn't even fit in the box. It looks like a flash cube. Ooh, ooh. Any purchase over five thousand dollars on the FPP is, store gets a free too. debonair. It's got the little tabs, so oh. it'll hold a thirty-five canister really nicely. Oh, so you can go sprockets. We're already modding it. Yeah, DIY with your new uh, Filmtastic, plastic Filmtastic 120 camera. You can put a 35 millimeter cartridge in there and then shoot what's known as sprockets. Sprockets. Awesome. Just He's all over the debonair. debonair. I yeah. love these. These are like, I love, they're so light. And what are those and going for? $19.99. Oh, I'm going to get me one. Or free with $10,000 oh, okay. purchase. <laughs> Sold. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, two sales right here on the show. <laughs> Hey, we're back. My crappy camera I have today oh sitting boy. in front of me is my 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 uh, Conolette. Okay, like that's Harder. a crappy little camera. No one's ever seen it. No one's ever heard of it. But I love it. It takes incredibly yep. good pictures. Insanely. Um, but sure. I had to modify it. It took like a proprietary extinct form of film. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see, that's my it's favorite part. Is you brought it back to life. This is something that yeah, would have gone in the garbage. That's the kind of stuff I love. And you got it back to life. And then it's the sh- some of the sharpest pictures you've taken. Be- and because you, you know, went I can't to that believe trouble. Believe how sharp this camera is. And there's a satisfaction in that. Yeah, 20 years from now. Yeah, I got this old Sony digital camera, but it's, it's, the sensor was fried, so okay, I took one no, out of Nikon. And yeah, when I right. first no, saw I that camera, I thought, oh, happening. look, a cute little Diana. But it, it, what is it? It's not. It looks like a Diana because it's it's blue. a brown body with the blue top. Yeah, it's yeah. got the blue on it. The blue. It's, at first, it's a, it's a little Japanese thing. Um, it's really I thought cool. It was, I thought it was an 828, mm-hmm. and you actually even gave me a roll of 828, and that's when I realized it wasn't. It used a proprietary cartridge uh, made specifically for Conolette in, like, the 50s that they probably haven't made since the 50s. So it was just big enough inside that I could route it out and fit a 35-millimeter radio Do you have film in there right now? No, I don't. Can you show them the, what you did? It's proprietary. had its own crappy f- film cartridge. We don't know if it was crappy. Like it was probably. It was actually. It was very good. It was a very good film cartridge. It just didn't really. Right. It didn't fit anything other any other cameras. So yeah. Yeah. So the deal is, it's basically it's roughly thirty five millimeter sized, uh, and it actually has a proper um, winder on it, so you can wind. Oh, listen to that! Without having to use numbers, without having to guess. Yeah, yeah. It advances itself a perfect frame. It pops out, so you can fit it. Literally, you can fit it in your you know in your pocket. It has like a real lens. It has a real lens. It's got a it's got a fifty millimeter four point five like real glass lens on it. It it's got multiple shutter speeds. It's got it goes down to four point five, which is relatively fast. Mm-hmm. It does have a um, a, a bayonet style uh, flash attachment on it, and a cold shoe that I can put a flash okay. on. Okay, it's not. I haven't figured out yet if it's if it's fully synced or not. I think it's like ninety percent synced because I did a test with it and it seemed like it worked. But I got to do. Further testing is required, but but I just you know that's like that's that's my definition of a crappy camera. It's just like a little wacky Bakelite thing from the fifties that no one's ever seen. But uh, you know I like bringing it back to life and taking funny pictures with it. And yeah, it's a nice camera. What is it? It is. <laughs> hey, you shoot hey, with that? Yeah. Do you have a roll out that uh, a roll being processed that's coming back or no? It's it's on Flickr. 
Oh, it's on Flickr. You favorited one of them today. That took it? Yeah, can you believe that? That was this camera. Amazing. Super, super sharp. Amazing shot. That picture and the picture of Dane you took, I would say are two best images you ever take. That's what I'm saying. And this is just like a like a zone focus, just uh, you know, phone. guess the nah, distance, and I used my my, wow. my Android app light meter for it. And what yeah, uh, sure. film stock did, was that? That was Fuji 400. Fuji 400. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Um, I tend to use a lot of Fuji because uh, Rite Aid oh. had a big sale on it a, a month or so ago, so I bought like yeah, 50 yeah, rolls. Yeah. So uh, what? So what, speaking of, I brought one that kind of like fits like the kind of the same look. I brought the. Well, is, this win- your, is this your crappy? This camera? is my crappy camera, okay. which isn't really that crappy either. It's uh, the WinPro 35, and uh, this is another one that's kind of looks like Bakelite, but it's actually tinite plastic. It's considered the first injection molded camera body. So it was done in like the late 30s, I guess. Who made it? Uh, WinPro 35 from Webster Industries, Rochester, New York. Hey, it flashed. Yeah. One more, yeah. Beautiful. Gower, who, who makes this? WinPro 35 with a 40 millimeter Crystar lens. Okay. From Webster Industries, Rochester, New York. So what it says is it's like a uh, 30s, the, the world's first injection molded 35 Ooh. millimeter camera. Is that right? And it's uh, apparently that's true. And uh, they used to do. Uh, it sold uh, for 10.95 back in the day, and they sold over 150,000 of them. Were sold in two years. Wow. And uh, so it was a pretty popular camera. And they used to like as a marketing thing. They used to drop it from five stories up. They dr- take two cameras, and they drop it with another with the competitor's camera. Is and that it, right? And this one would bounce and take pictures, and theirs, of course, would shatter all over the. Which you know. But this is an indie. Uh, I mean, back what year? I'm sorry. Night, it's got to be late 30s. Oh, okay. Thirties. So back then, Kodak was king. Yep, it would have been all like, yeah, all the numbered. So this was like competition dudes. for Kodak. Yeah, I mean, and if you know, and it's the, the what got me about it is, is the design is amazing. If you get a chance, this everything about with the, the winding, the the counter, it's everything's got a frame completely counter on the bottom. I, that's got to be one of the earliest cameras wow. ever with a frame counter. It's, this is, I'm sorry, this is nineteen nineteen thirties. Yeah, it looks like futuristic. Right, it looks Check like it a submarine. Like a it's like. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently there's also a uh, there's another 3D version they came out with later, but I don't know where that was in the 50s. Later. And what kind of film does this take? 35. 35. Open it up. It's, Plain it's, old 35. it's pretty much just a box camera that worked to fit into a uh, you know to that injection molded body, but it's com- I, compact, it's light, and we just scanned. Uh, we just developed some of the up, some yeah. of the pictures, it. and uh, <laughs> it looks sharp. I, 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 I didn't even believe it was 35. When you found that, nope. I, I was sure it was 127. Yep, I thought it was 127. I'm having so much fun today. Yeah. Mostly looking at John. So, uh, John. That, one, that one was expensive, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, hold that up. <laughs> hold oh, it up. I'm trying to figure out how to hold that off. Oh, you got to pull them out now. You got to go pull them out the rest of the way. I can't even focus. I'm laughing so hard. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You got to pull those things out of the way. There you go. I just sent 40, uh, uh, 40 rolls off a week and a half ago to uh, Spencer there. At the uh, Sharp. At Sharp. The Sharp and, photo. Uh, so those are being done right now, so I should get those back in the next... Uh, did you really get that many rolls? Yeah. Out? Now, will you have like a scanning frenzy? Yeah, that's what I do. I, I like let it pile up to about 25, 30. Or now, what were you running through? Like 800? Upside that, I brought 16 for that because oh, I, I was worried it was going to be too dark. Yeah, what is the, uh, the uh, aperture on I this? think it's around, I think it's an 8. Probably 8 And should it be like 1 50th of a exactly, second? Exactly, yeah. yeah so it's a box yeah. camera. Pretty yeah. Much. So you just shoot it like a box. Yeah, and uh, and but the ones I got, it's like I said, it's great for outdoor stuff, or if you're, it's got it's got a time setting, yep. so you can do longer exposure stuff. Just Ooh. give it over here. John. And you were scanning on the Epson V700. That's right. 
put a second. Highly out. recommended, folks. Yeah, out oh, there. it's great. It's great. We've put man. Just think of the how many rolls have we put through that thing now? <laughs> I know. Between the two of us, somebody's scanning every day. Hey, these were your crappy cameras. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uncrappy, uncrappy cameras. Yeah, the ones that smell like roses. Uncrappy. Yes. This is Polaroid's new Time Zero One Step. Pretty. Why is it black? Oh, you'll know it's the Time Zero One Step. And here's the world's fastest developing color. You see it in seconds now, not minutes. Look at that color. But why a Time Zero One Step? It comes with a pack of Time Zero Super Color Film and this made-for-each-other pack. Certainly are made for each other. Just like coffee and cream. Rolls and Royce. Or me and you. Try ham and cheese. Hey, it's Michael Rosso, urging you... Actually, I'm sitting here with William. Hey, William. Where are we? Hey, I'm sitting here with William, and we're in the FPP virtual store. (laughs) Wow. I feel like I'm in Tron. So, like, we're inside your computer. (laughs) I don't know how we got here. (laughs) Anyhow, I'm here to urge you to go find your mom, your grandpops, your friends, Polaroid camera in your closet or attic or basement, anyone you know guarantee you they have a Polaroid camera, get that camera and start shooting with it. Absolutely, you should do that. And uh, William has been uh, working here in the FPP store, our virtual store that has a you know real three-dimensional shipping department Absolutely, yes. <laughs> with a real person in it. Yes. If someone orders something, uh, you'll, you'll be talking to them. Yes, I'll be speaking with you. Oh, that's awesome. Once you find your camera, you can come to the FPP store to stock that camera with film, whether it's SX-70, 600, or Spectra, with the Impossible Project film, because we're an Impossible Project partner store. That's right, and that's very exciting. Or if you find, like, an old pack camera... We are like your Fuji Pack Film Headquarters. Oh, we have Fuji 3000B, Fuji 100B, and we have Fuji 100C. Yeah, yeah, we have some expired Polaroid in there, too. Filmphotographystore.com, or just click the store tab on our website, filmphotographyproject.com, for all you folks out there. And I can't tell you how many of you have, like, grabbed a Polaroid camera and you're excited. You're like, hey, man, I picked up my Polaroid camera because, you know, you were talking about it so much that I did it myself. And... William, there's not one person. They're all like... I love it. Now we have the new color protection film. The newest uh, chemistry from the Impossible Project. So, hey, I just wanted to share that with everyone, just so everyone knows. Color protection film. Cool. Filmphotographystore.com We okay. Hey, we're back. Right. I do. So, I got a little note, but go ahead. So, Mark, you, you, you what do you, what do you call this? Mark oh, Dalzell's geez. crappy camera, camera I love segment. I didn't want to start a whole thing. Crap. Yeah, my my good camera. He's gonna have to go buy Mark Dalzell's crappy camera. What's your good camera now? that you brought today? My good camera is uh, <sighs> a. Uh, oh. I thought you were gonna pick up the Olympus Trip Thirty Five. No, no, that's my crappy that was, camera. Oh, he brought that oh, as a gift. Oh, <laughs> kill you. All right, <laughs> listeners at home, if you had a choice between calling one camera a good camera, would you call it an Olympus Trip 35 or a Nikon S2? Well, all those Nikon the folks out good, there will we'll, the we'll, we'll stomp S2. that Olympus into the sand to get to that Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Apparently, this camera is like the creme de la creme. Is that it's, a proper expression, John? Sure. It's you pronounce it right. I don't know about, it's not, I mean, there, there, are better, there are better ones out there. This is kind of like Give me that. still an affordable, awesome range, you know, 50s rangefinder. But it's just... I mean, I've just, as you were all talking here, I was holding the to trip, I was holding the Conalette, we were passing things around, and then I just picked up the S2, and it's just like uh, a well-oiled oh. machine. Oh. Just everything about it just feels beautiful. That's just, that's the way cameras yeah. should be. It's a beaut. 
It is beauty. The, the range finder on is super bright. It's a one-to-one range finder. Mm-hmm. John broke it. Um, now, this is a 35-millimeter camera? Yes. It's called a Nikon S2. 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 Was there an S1? Uh, the S. Yeah, the, the Nikon S. S. Yeah. SU. Which came out a couple of years ago. SV. SU. And then this was followed by the uh, Nikon FU. <laughs> oh, this rangefinder really, you got to have a nice callus on your finger for this, huh? <laughs> no, you, you can turn the lens. That's like your fine focus. Oh, really? You can turn the lens, yeah. Turn the lens. Hold on, I'm fine focusing. <laughs> no, you got to rough focus before you... Uh. It already was. Ah, it already was because I, I fine focused oh. it into the All right. focus. And <laughs> have you shot with this? Yes. And how is it satisfying? It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Every picture. You know, I love my Polaroid 250 with the FP3000 in it because every picture you take looks like 1967. Like, it just looks vintage. It's beautiful. Mm. This, with the S2, especially shooting black and white, every picture you take looks like the picture that comes when you buy a frame. Like, it's just these beautiful... Mm-hmm. I could just take a picture of a... <laughs> Why don't you just go buy a bunch of, of frames? I know. <laughs> because it always says 5x7 in big letters fun. on top of the, the lady's face. Oh, yeah, that sucks. This is the plunger here? The plunger. Yes. The plunger. <laughs> the one I have is... Ah! <laughs> I just shot down with the uh, brownie bullseye camera, Kodak camera. Ten feet away, that thing burns. He's got no eyebrows now. I shot him with the, with the <laughs> Saturn V I, you know, bulb. I wanted to ask. Jeez. I wanted to ask. How do you think people, like back in the day, when paparazzi were shooting with these bulbs people were literally blinded by those things you took two shots of me the other day at my house yes. before we went to the smooth and i saw those two <laughs> flash bulbs in my line of vision for like 10 minutes jesus what if, what if you're like you know a movie star and there's like a hundred of those going off you no can't one thought about it. it was anything. the norm it was the you norm just, this, everyone just it was the way it was oh my god you just walk around blinded I guess. your eyes must have built up for those flashes jeez yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a great camera. It's got a lot of cool little features. It's, it's the only camera I've ever seen that actually you can set your flash timing on it. Mm-hmm. So depending on exactly what type of bulb you were using, mm-hmm. or if you're using electronic flash, you can, you can set it to like 125 thousandth of a second in mm-hmm. advance. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good camera. It's, <laughs> it's a okay. good camera. Would you get that in a lot, or were you looking at that specifically? This I First got. Page. <laughs> this is one of the random ones. I had a guy walk in off the street who oh, knows really? I buy cameras and said, I got some cameras, and he pulled out a, a piece of junk. I mean, really, a piece of junk, like Revere 8mm movie camera. And I said, hmm. I'll give you a dollar. And then he pulled out the world's dirtiest Polaroid 320. And I said, I'll give you $2. <laughs> and then he pulled out this. And I said, I'll give you $4. <laughs> no, no, come on, stop. Come on. No. I've, I got it for 50 though, which is... What did you offer him at first? 50 that, When you saw that, you just offered him 50 I, I, I At the time, I didn't know what it was. I recognized the quality of it. And seeing some nice range finders hmm. go on eBay, I assumed it was in the 150 to $200 range. So I said, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And he said, okay. This is a man on the street? Literally, literally, a Got man, man off, off the, street. the street. Now, uh, before you would drop fifty on that, did you go through the motions to make sure the shutters click, or not even? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, if it's a good enough deal, if if he had said give me five dollars for it, I wouldn't even have tried it. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I went through. I, I wound it a couple times, shot it, looks good. The glass is totally clear. There's mm-hmm. no fungus. Yeah. I mean, the thing is in really immaculate it's condition. Insane. Now so the, I knew I was pretty the, safe. The fifty dollars you paid for it when you looked it up. What is this camera worth on the bay these days? Uh, Four thousand dollars. This one, <laughs> this one in pretty good shape, and I and I have the uh, the f two lens on. I don't have the. The F one four, which is a little wow, more, a little that's got to be nice, and actually more common for some reason. That the F two is not as common, but obviously mm-hmm. not as good. And I do have the the proper F two uh, lens hood for it. I would say five hundred ish. Wow, wow, for real? Yeah, wow. wow. 
That's I remember you posted on Flickr thread and people were like ooh ooh and an ah and yeah. yeah. This I mean this camera is worth more than most of my other cameras combined. Yeah. Well, I just have this, you know, I just have the feelers out now that people that know oh Mark's in the cameras, he'll mm. take anything. So I have people come in sort of regularly and say, "Hey, I found this in my my grandfather's basement. It's a Leica. I don't know what it is. You're waiting for that one. I mean, that does uh, happen. Yeah, huh? yeah it does. I, well, yeah. Well, I got this. And That's pretty actually, close to it. I was it. just over at a friend's house last week, and he's actually a, a professional photographer, but he's he's a digital only. He's a gigantic like EOS guy. He's yeah. got like six thousand dollars. Those awesome black and whites Captain that time. EOS. Yeah. yeah, that was oh, amazing right, right, shot. Right. But he said, man, "Oh, I've geez. got this camera. It was my father gave it to me when I was in high school, and I, I haven't used it for years. You can have it if you want." And he pulled it out, and it was like a really nice advanced Minolta Maxim five thousand SI or something. Right. And he said, "You can have it." And I already had a Maxim one four lens, so I put those two things together, and I have like a really beautiful kind of modern. Plasticky black SLR. If I want one, plasticky black, which I don't. <laughs> but so I, I mean, my point is, people give me cameras. So people know, give me cameras. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Right. Argue. Mark was going through his uh, vast 250 collection the other day <laughs> uh, and uh, doing some cleaning. Yeah. He was getting stuff, I guess, ready to. I think he was bringing you some stuff. Or he was fixing something. I, don't know. I, I was taking a group picture of all of my Zeiss That's Polaroids. Right. At That's right. That's what he was. So what what did you have? This is a Polaroid automatic land camera. It takes the film still made by Fujifilm, the yep. crack and peel film. Now, how come you've collected so many Polaroid 250s? If I see a deal, I just can't, I can't turn it up. We were just at a flea market a, a month or two ago, and I saw a 450, and the guy wanted 20 bucks so, for it. Hey, he asked that. me a question. <laughs> Been talking was, for the past half hour. trying to keep the energy going. But more importantly, Dane has something he'd like to say. Apparently. So, okay, what's, what's wrong with this picture? It's radio, Dane. They can't see it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's radio. Oh, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? Okay, it's a 100. So, it's internet. Yeah, 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 what yeah. do you see on it's the 100? Like, um, what are those things when you were a kid that have like a... Or where's Waldo? Oh, highlights. The pictures, you yeah. have to figure out which one. What's different? Barbara Streisand? Yeah. What's different? So uh, that's a 100, right? That's a standard uh, 100. Standard Fun issue. game here. Automatic 100. What's different about that? Oh, look, and yet you have a, oh. a non, non-FPP... No, that, bracket. no, that's yours. Like you got oh, that from you. Prototype. Yeah, that's one prototype. of the prototypes. Oh, I why are the new ones better? <laughs> the painted. Oh, oh, and uh, Dane has a prototype FPP flash right. bracket on here. That's oh. right. Yeah, look at that. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't turn that. Not anymore. Uh, so well, one hundred. One hundred. Yep. What's special about this is uh, looks like you uh, have, have a look. Two fifty viewfinder. Yes, have a look through there. Whoa. Whoa. Because I love the one hundred. That one works perfectly. I love the pictures it takes. But I was, but Mark goes, you know, Mark was going through his two fifties, and he had one. That, he won that didn't work. So. I had a big win on two fifty that was. So dead, he's like, so. Uh, he's like, ah, it's dead here. I'm gonna uh, flip this over and throw it on you. So I was, he, I just watched him. He flips it out, and I, I guess that's something uh, most people could do pretty easily, right? Swap uh, out the viewfinders. Swap out viewfinders. There's no yep. simple tools involved. Or? All, all three of the flip-up viewfinders on the Polaroid pack cameras are interchangeable. Without any calibration or anything. They just flip, yep. flop in. And, yep. and so, so now I've got like this modified 100 that takes awesome shots. It's super. I feel I can see mine are sharper now. So this is your go-to now. Now Polaroid this is the only one I have. I gave camera. you all mine back. I gave you all the 220s. Yep. I gave you the you 420s. You one. No, this one's this one. Now it's I got the hot rodded one and I'm good. Right. So. <laughs> so, Mark, what were you talking about? <laughs> John's looking at his iPad. Oh, it's a closed. Oh, He's looking at his iPad. Can't see anything. I got my glasses tape? on. Nice. What, do you got there? what are you saying, Mark? Nothing. So, so, uh, so, anyways, so that's a beautiful camera. Anyways, there's, Hold on, a, here's neat a, mod, there's a couple. It's a neat mod. So that's that, a bo- that's a beautiful camera. So yeah, you know what? What? 
I don't know. Really so, Dane. Hey, what? That's a beautiful camera. Hey, all right. right. You know what? Swap. That's great. Well, anyways. Oh, did I get a picture you hold that thing up? Easy swap. If, if you've got I a, think you did. If you got a dead Zeiss. Every picture I mean, a dead. in the background. Uh. <laughs> so, if you've got a dead viewfinder, you could just swap it out. Dead yeah. viewfinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you've yeah. got, like, like me, if you've if got a bad, a bad 250 or 350 or 450 and you Ooh, want to put, put it on 100, do it. Do it. Hey, we'll take a quick break. Did you know that this year there is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion? Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. If you're shooting talent or shooting a model, whether it's trade for print or it's a paid model you should have a model release form I cannot stress enough I've certainly mentioned it on the show many times what show in order to utilize your work in the future on the web in printed materials and books and magazines you will need to have a model release form in your portfolio when a publisher is going to publish your book they will request model release forms holy sheesh the fpp store now carries model release forms filmphotographystore.com and go into camera accessories when shooting a model it's always great to get a model release and either a digital or can be film shot of that model's id ID and model release are key to proving that you own your work. Get a model release. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Uh, Dane's over there with New Year's Day, folks. I want it's mayhem. Th- it's mayhem. Uh, Dane's like I don't know, being the artist over there. Look, he's like crouching down, yep, got no pants on. on. <laughs> he's got a funny, funny French beret on. <laughs> Uh, rubber bands in his think, beard. I think we've got Listen a cover. Listen to me whistle. I think we've got a, now. Uh, this year, 2013, yeah. I started doing a tease last show, watch show, <laughs> and the format. I've changed the format a little bit in the sense that now it's almost like two shows in once. Yeah. I now have an extended music segment at the oh. end of the show. I, I know the last episode was like 20 minutes of music. Love it. Yeah. I know it's, it turns into a cool music so podcast. People who really like cool. are just chilling. Yeah. You know. Love but it. now I'm, I'm thrilled because. The assortment is like expanding. Like there's Smooth Sailors, Pink Delicates. Now there's Kilsey, Kilsey. Darren Pancho, Riley's new oh album is out. Brilliant. So uh, I feel like I have a, a Hamakudo. I always sneak mm-hmm. one in there. Yeah, he's, oh, he's the uh, the street uh, ukulele player. He's the Ray oh. Stevens of the of the crew. Yeah, like he sings songs like "I'm So Great." <laughs> mm-hmm. 
you know. He is so great, though. Yeah, but he knows he's great. Yeah, I know. And he says it. Uh-huh. See the guy with the mustache? Yes. Yeah. 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 The dolly-looking motherfucker. Totally right. right. Oh, music. that guy. You got to start okay. a music podcast. Well, that's what's probably going to happen. Music oh, that spin would off. be crazy. We, we, yeah. need, we need to get a couple of more uh, uh, bands in the rouse. Mm-hmm. And original artists, so folks can go to smoothsailors.com. TheSmoothSailors.com. Where right. you could buy your first album, which is available actually on CD. All aboard. Yeah, it is. All aboard. Or you could just download all the tracks for nothing. Our music is very original. <laughs> a lot, in fact, a lot Who of our music to do is that, music. Yeah. Or it's, it's better when this when it's curated because there's I think so you're right. much information up there. It's impossible there's to go through. There's over 600 tracks It's so much better when now. somebody goes through it. Yeah. That's right. For or, you. Or you're drunk. Exactly. Yeah. So the new Smooth Sailors <laughs> album. all you got to do. Which is called a, a, a Smooth of Chrome F. Oh, <laughs> oh, very good. Smooth of Chrome. It's curated by me. Nice. And soon we will have links where you guys can go buy it. Oh right? yeah. But I've been playing tracks, and you know I'm picking the what I feel is the absolute best, you know, from any of these albums, and the assortment when played at the end of the show. Just for me, when I listen back to the own, you know, when I'm checking the shows, yeah, watch you. And uh, especially if I'm driving, I'm like, hey, this sounds really good. Especially if cool. you're in a dark room, you're scanning. Yep. You want to just chill after yep. the show. It's perfect right. music to do stuff by. Yeah. Yeah. Used to say right. music to write checks by. Yeah. Oh. The, ah. last episode, the last episode, you you went out playing one of my favorite tracks of ours, and then just as oh, you yeah. finished talking, it was the part where I completely screwed up my keyboard part. Ah. Right. So the first thing I heard when you stopped talking was me going. <laughs> <laughs> There are no second takes. No, it's all live. (laughs) What's the beauty of smooth? That's right. Now, did Zappa used to do similar things? He recorded everything. He did, but he would... No, he would he record everything, meticulous. but he would edit everything to the hell. Oh, he would. And he would like go in and replace. Then he'd go add Ed Man on everything, and then it would people that weren't even there would play on it. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So it was, but he would record everything. He always he had a he was one of the first guys to really have a good mobile studio. Yeah. Fart for Trout Mask Replica. I hope <laughs> they did for what? Captain Fart Trout Mask oh, Replica. Fart for something. No, what? Well, I want to thank everyone for listening on this beautiful New Year's Day. Looking forward to 2013. All the exciting FPP things coming up this year. And here's the film. (laughs) Who knows (laughs) what 2013 is going to hold. I'm sure we'll be able to see you guys at maybe a meetup or two. Uh, It's going to be an exciting year. The array of cameras on the table right now are are astonishing. And we're going to see you in two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. You sound like a bird. Yeah. All right. So, hey. Let's listen to some music. All right. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Don't forget to see our show notes. What show? Show notes. Super positive.
get you the damage was already done but I thought maybe we could still manage to have some fun but I guess I was just trying so hard not to see that you could never be interested at all in little old me but I can't come And opinions they change on a whim. Whoa, I can't compete with this. Where was that honesty I felt when we kissed? Whoa, being the nice guy just sucks so much dick as the Place, but now she's gone. Yes, yeah, she's gone. 
to that great gig in the sky She never had the chance to say goodbye Oh Jennifer, why did you have to die? Every Monday morning she would cross the busy road to get her coffee She liked it strong Always waited for the light But one day she just didn't see that bike Oh Jennifer, it gave you such a fright Jennifer, I wonder if you're listening to this song Never had the chance to say I loved you all along I watched you every single morning You saw the bike, you didn't hear my warning Jennifer Jennifer's a girl you used to see around the place But now she's gone Yeah, she's gone To the great gig in the sky I'd love to see you when it's time to die I saw the bike I must apologize
Yeah. 